We're on a mission to help golfers from all over the world achieve their goals by understanding what it actually takes to play their best golf. We're talking with leading instructors, researchers, and players themselves to find what is actually working. Hey, thanks for joining us today. You are listening to one of our partner shows. It is the Tour Coach Podcast with Tony Ruggiero. He has some phenomenal guests on talking about teaching tour pros. He'll have his players on. Just always a great show. Today was another great episode. I want to share that with you here on the Golf Science Lab Podcast. Let's get into it. First of all, I want to thank Rick and Austin for having us. I'm fortunate in the game, I guess, now that Rick made me feel old, saying I've been good for 20 years. People I taught 20 years ago probably wouldn't agree with you, but uh, I'm fortunate. I get to go to a lot of nice places and do some nice things, and I've, I've been very fortunate to have some good things happen, and, and this is one of my favorite stops each year. And, uh, you know, because I think it's, I think after, hopefully after a day and a half or a couple days with us, you'll find out that I think to us, it's about making you better but it's also about building relationships and a friendship, you know? And so that's a big deal, big deal for me. And uh, it's also about making these two better. And so, but y'all are so lucky here. One, the chef is amazing. (laughs) I mean, you've got an unbelievable chef. You're so fortunate with Austin that you have not only uh, a guy that's just, I was here, I guess I, I was here like March, April, somewhere in there. And seeing what he's done since he's been here, along with the fact that he's a, a really good player. And uh, one of my pet peeves in the golf business is people that can't play that are in the golf business. And I just think that the game of golf is hard, but those people that can play deserve to have the opportunity to help others and, and do good stuff. And you got an unbelievable guy there in Austin, and we're going to do some work tomorrow and have some fun. Um, and so our goal is to help you have fun. And so the way tonight works, it's super short because I've already had a few glasses of wine. I'm going to introduce these two now. To my left is Jackson Court, and Jackson got me fired. And uh, not true, but so I came up under some great mentors, and one of them passed away a year ago. His name was Hank Johnson, and they get sick of hearing H.J. stories. But H.J. was a genius, and his genius, one of his geniuses, or however you say it, to me was always that he had the unique ability to pick young people and he would put them in roles that you would never pick them to have. And he would give them more responsibility and more leeway and more of a job than you'd ever let them do and you'd have the chance to succeed. But you did that always knowing he was in the curtains behind you and he would never let you screw up, right? And so I was one of those people that he picked out. And when I interviewed with him, I was borrowing a car from a member at the club I was at, and I had no clothes, and I was living in a place with no power. But I wanted to learn how to teach, and he was he was the PGA Teacher of the Year, or was going to be. He was one of the top 50 teachers in the world, and he was brilliant, and I knew I could learn something from him, and I got fortunate he hired me. But what I took from him was he always enabled the people around him to learn and to teach. And Jackson has done that as much as anybody I've ever been around. And uh, both Jackson and Morgan were recently, in the last week or so, nominated for Best Young Teachers Under 40 by Golf Digest, which is a big deal. Um, And, uh, uh, you know, they work hard. 
Jackson's at Frederica. I was I did a I call it like a junior college stint. I was there two years. I, I did the core <laughs> curriculum, and uh, I left. And when I left, Jackson took over for me, and he's done an amazing job. They got a great club. I just realized sitting here tonight, Morgan and I've been together. Not like been together, but like I ought to clarify that because if Yvonne, that might be the third person that listens. Uh, if but Morgan and I've been together eight and a half years. Basically, her first job out of school came to work at the Country Club of Mobile and started working in the golf shop. Knew she didn't want to work in the golf shop, Austin. Like I'm sure you've seen, you've run across people, right? That that's not their gig. And her passion was teaching young people, teaching folks, and fitness. And thankfully, she's been part of our team for eight and a half years. And so the way we teach is a little different. We all kind of teach together. A lesson with us isn't the same as it is with most people. I mean, you're going to get filmed and some of that stuff, but you're going to have all of us help you, all of us work with you. And I'm a big believer that despite my body shape, that fitness is a key part of golf, right? I've and, that. And, and, and the reason for that is we, you know, I learned this from Morgan and another gentleman, Colby Touye, who you'll hear us talk about, you know, that I, I used to have students come, how many people have taken a lesson here and you do pretty good in the lesson, but, and you look at it and then you come back three weeks and it's just as bad as it was three weeks ago, right? I mean, it happens. And I'd have that happen all the time. And I was like, man, I get these people looking pretty good and I can get them hit a pitch shot pretty good. And I'd film it, it looked good, but they come back three weeks, it looked exactly the same. And so through working with Morgan and Colby and people like that, I've learned, you know, hey, I mean, if their body can't physically do some of the stuff we're asking them to do, you've got zero chance to do it in the long run. And so we're going to spend a good portion of the time this weekend helping you develop everything you need to play as good as you want to play. And Morgan's going to give you stuff and a program how to make your body more able to do the things we needed to do or want it to do. Jackson's going to, and Morgan and I are all going to work on your full swing. Jackson's also going to do some chipping, pitching, and putting. I'll probably have a couple beers and tell some stories and uh, let them do the teaching. But um, So that's kind of the program. We're going to rotate through some things and have some fun. So now, any questions on golf, your game, instruction? That's all I got. <laughs> And I, before we get into that, though, I want to give a shout-out to J.J. here. So J.J. was one of the people that we met. I gave a private lesson to when it met March, April. 30 minutes. Huh? It was like 30 minutes. It was the best 30 minutes I could do. <laughs> so, like, I worked hard for that 30 minutes. But uh, amazing. Super talented. I think she's going to be a star. I really do that. I've seen – I see tons of talent. Morgan Jackson, we were lucky. We're so fortunate. We have so many really good. We had two kids today win second stage of Q school that we teach. We had a couple miss. We got to make those phone calls later. But the texts for winners are more fun to make. But, like, I, when I saw J.J. hit it, I was like, man, this girl's got something. And I said it today. Some of it's her attitude. She's a little cocky. <laughs> and she can dish it to me more than I can dish it to her, it's which is. I can totally believe that. So. But, but it's, she came to work with us down in South Florida. We've spent some time together. She changes, exchanges videos. And watching her go from where she was to committing to play golf for Division I, playing Division I golf's a big deal in a major conference at Ball State is a huge deal. And watched her hit some balls today, and she's going to be a star. So, like, kudos to all the people around here that support her. And J.J., heck of a job. And so now if anybody's got any questions, let's talk some golf for a little bit. And 
Jackson, why don't you lead us off with something? Talk about Question? something. Yeah, just talk about something. Talk about something? Um, I'm not going to Morgan, won't talk. <clears throat> well, everybody, I think, here might not have been exposed to your team approach before. You know, it, it might seem weird standing on a tee box getting coached from two or three people at a time. Um, and I think a lot of that comes from your creativity and understanding that there's more than just looking at a swing on video and being able to help somebody. Like, being able to address some physical issues that one person may have, like some of your stability issues that we had today. Like Rick's a perfect example yeah, of we watched four full swings and we both said, Morgan, Yeah, that's you, right? <laughs> like his left leg was shaking when he turned through it. 100%. And I could have jumped in there and given him a drill, but it would have been exactly what you said earlier where maybe a little bit of a Band-Aid and could have looked better, but long-term I don't know if it would have been better. And I was like, this is what... This is where Morgan's going to step up to the plate this weekend. It's fun, so it'll be yeah. different. All I did was exercise, and I was worn out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to yeah. tell you what, that last rep of five balls, that was a struggle for you. It was. <laughs> five balls at a time. The last five, I could barely. And I think golf fitness has, or fitness in general might have a, a weird sense about it too, but there's a, a lot of simple exercises that you can do that will help your game immensely. It, stability, mobility, flexibility, and strength. Like, and, and you can do a couple exercises. Like Morgan gave you, what, three exercises instead of a page full. And if you did those three exercises and got good at those three, you would see a great improvement in your game. Well, and the thing is we put a practice plan together. Uh, yeah. yeah. Between hitting balls and exercises co- yeah. combined, right? So it's not going and spending an hour on the range beating balls. Mm-hmm. It's practicing with the purpose and going through those steps that we worked on today and hitting five balls at a time. I think having a plan and focus is such a big deal because we've all worked at clubs and y'all have such a great practice facility here. Like we could sit there, we could hide out, drink some beer by a tree and watch everybody come practice and you'd see everybody like pull a ball, hit, pull a ball, hit. And they're 30 balls in and like we'd be like, I mean, they're trying something different every ball, Right. You know, so I think that's a big deal. I always try to close a lesson with that, you know. That's awesome. He did great. Yeah. Well, the, the comment you made to me, Tanya, at the end was go down and, and go back and forth between hitting five balls and, and then going through the reps and those stretches, hitting five more balls. Hit 20 balls. After 30 minutes, I'm going to be worn out. And I will. Yeah. yeah. And I'll they, they're, they're not hard stretches, but, but it's pushing my muscles and my body to do some things that – it, it's not Doesn't. natural right now. But, but like in a week or so, it'll be way back, right? I always say it's election season, so I can tell this story. But, and this is, it doesn't mean any like party affiliation. But like this is, a, but like, so along that line, so good buddy of ours, Wayne Flint, he's a top 100 teacher, great teacher. He was a mentor of mine. He had this guy who was very similar, physically limited, guy worked, and he no chance he'd go to the gym. So Wayne said, so the guy had, it was his right hip. It was the same deal. And Wayne said, well, hey, do you watch Fox News? And the guy goes, hell, I watch Fox News every night. I get home, I watch Tucker Carlson. First thing I do, I get home. Wayne said, will you do me a favor? And he said, yeah. He goes, well, when the commercial, first commercial comes on, for the whole first commercial during Tucker Carlson every night, would you do these hip circles? And the guy's like, yeah, I can do that. I mean, it's two minutes. So this guy comes back six weeks later, and Wayne's like, well, how's it been going? He goes, man, first commercial every night, Tucker Carlson, haven't missed Tucker one time. 
And he's like, I mean, I'm in Alabama. And uh, he's, and he's like, I've been doing it. And Wayne's like, videos him. And he sends me the picture. And this guy's rotation, it was amazing. And Wayne's like, you hit balls? He's like, no, nah, I mean, I've played every Saturday. I've just been doing the hip circles. So, I mean, Tucker Carlson and Wayne's hip circles fix <laughs> this guy, right? But it, but it just shows you, like, you can be creative and do little things, right? Like, you can do it during a commercial, during a show. It doesn't have to be Fox. It be CNN. We're equal, fair, and balanced. <laughs> right? It doesn't, doesn't matter. Any questions? I'll start with one. I'd love I one for I don't need to spend a day and a half with you. You gave a 30 minutes lesson to JJ, and she's taking a D1 golf. I just need that 30 minutes. That's all. I'm, I'm Imagine what we'll do with you in a day and a half. <laughs> There's no better than D1, so it was 30 minutes, right? She's being, here's the part where JJ irritates a little bit. It was more than 30 minutes. It was not. <laughs> I, I, I got better in that 30 minutes and I got better in two years. Well, I billed you for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> so, you see that. Yeah. But anyways, no, but we're going to have some fun. We're going to have fun. But she did, she's done great. And we've worked, she came and worked with us for a whole weekend. And see, now, and then since then, she's had this big burst of greatness. I mean, just think what you're going to do. I call him the wizard. She has me saved in her phone as the wizard. That's all you got to say. <laughs> Any more questions? Come on, we got to have some questions. We got ladies at the back. JJ. What would your advice be for like high school players transitioning into college tournaments and that whole experience? Morgan, let's start with you. You played college golf also and <laughs> on the female side. so I think one of the hardest things as a freshman probably is just the whole college experience in general. School. It's, you know, prepared, being prepared is probably the main thing. I probably wasn't prepared as a freshman. You know, on the fitness side, you're talking about, you know, getting up at 6 a.m., working out, you know, then going to school, then going to practice right at 2 or qualifying for a tournament. And I think that's one of the hardest things as a freshman to get into the lineup when you're walking into a team that's kind of already, you know, somewhat set, you know, the girls that have already been there and then also handling the you know, uh, academic side, as well as the workouts. And, you know, I think if you can prepare yourself mentally and physically going in, that helps a lot. A lot of the college players I've worked with, that's one of the biggest things. Some of the guys aren't used to working out (laughs) and then they jump into qualifying and they're sore and they're extremely sore when they step on the first tee. Right. And those other, the juniors, sophomore, junior, seniors, they're used to it. They know what to expect when they walk in. And so I think that was probably one of the biggest things is just being prepared, you know, asking questions, you know, kind of getting your mind set for what's to come. Um, But I think that's probably one of the hardest things. You, Jackson? Okay. So two things. I think Morgan touched on something good in there. I would say time management and learning that as a freshman in college is very important. You know, you're going to have different responsibilities. Your parents won't be around to help guide you and you need to thank your parents for what they've given you and provided you and created this opportunity for you. But I think learning time management will be huge in that, you know, first semester, first year even. But um, Tony might be able to speak into this a little bit more than me, but when people go off to college and they face different trials and their learning curves and different competition when they go from high school to, to collegiate golf, obviously it's a going to be more competitive 
you don't have to change what you're doing just because you get around people that may be a little bit better than what you've played around locally or regionally and all of a sudden you get into division one college and now everybody's that good or better you don't have to change what you're doing to try to beat these people you can just keep doing what you're doing and what got you good and what got you there and continue along that road i'd agree i think the hardest thing about going to college is you go from wherever you live and you have your parents and you have your coach your teacher then all of a sudden you're at a bigger place and you have a whole bunch of people that have opinions about things. I'm just talking golf, not, but it probably applies to everything. And so you have to learn to pick who you can listen to and who you can out. And there's a growing period with that. Everybody's going to listen to too many people at first, and then you'll, make, you'll go down the wrong road with your golf game or your golf swing. And, you know, but like it kind of dovetails with what Jackson said. And, you know, you have to stay whatever it is that, you've done and you've worked on that makes you good you've got to stick to and it's about getting you good being jj you got to be the best jj you can be and learn to develop that and jj's either going to be good enough or she's not right but you can't be somebody else you've got to become the best jj you can be that was good jj well done anything else come on we got to have another question good so with the kind of the since COVID and the kind of the rise in golf and kind of the comeback, I guess, a little bit of golf. What would you kind of give advice to that new golfer that's you know kind of in the middle of their work career uh, in terms of stages of life, kind of probably in their mid thirties, maybe forties, that are kind of picked up the game, start playing with the guys on Saturdays, that you know goes out and has fun, but you know the average round for a player when you, uh, in, that plays golf is triple digits. Right. You know, not many players can break triple digits. So what would you give kind of a, a, either a tip or a quick practice routine to something like that to where those guys that are kind of weekend warriors that are hopefully going to stay in the game, we can kind of keep them in the game. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna shove this to Jackson, but I'm gonna tell him what I want him to say. <laughs> Pretty typical, but the story about where you master one thing for oh, 30 minutes, right? Yeah. So I think people that I think when you start with the game, I think it's overwhelming, right? Like because you suck at everything when you start, right? And so you try to fix everything, and you can't do it, yeah. right? So I think you've got to sit down with somebody that's good like yourself that understands the game or if you know you have the opportunity to work with Morgan or Jackson or whatever and and like you've got to figure out what's the main thing that's wrong and you got to fix one thing first now tell your story yeah. even though I basically told no you. I uh, you teed it up for me so I learned this in college from my coach who is a phenomenal player well I didn't learn it in college he taught me in college I didn't learn it till years after because I you know the ball state coach for JJ because no. <laughs> I wasn't smart enough to realize it then but so what my coach in college would do is he'd take me to the back of the range like here and he'd film me face on and down the line and he'd ask what the contact was like and what the ball was doing and before he'd tell me anything we'd drive clear across the range again and we'd go to the chipping green and I'd hit these like 30 40 yard pitch shots and then I'd grow it to 50 yards and 60 yards and 70 and 80 yards and that was when we were working on something so he'd have me master this one move and it was in a contained environment, really small swings, slow speeds, so I could kind of learn that feel. Now I had, obviously I was playing in college, so I could probably do that okay. But I think I've learned to do that with 
my lessons where I would take a guy that might not be able to do that, where teaching somebody to hit these 30, 40, 50 yard pitch shots where they're hitting ball first down on the ground and they can do that consistently. And then you improve one thing in there and then you let them grow that motion into a full speed. I think that's where I would direct my answers. Like golf is hard enough, so you got to make it simple. Okay, like Harvey Pennick, write a page out of his book where he would teach people how to hit chips and then he'd, he'd teach them how to hit pitch shots and then he'd work it backwards. I think... Golf doesn't have to be complicated, you know? We're just trying to hit a round ball that's sitting still on the ground. So if you can hit these little shots, you know, waist high to waist high at a slow speed and you're making ball first contact on the ground every time, and all of a sudden you grow that motion shoulder to shoulder and then you can do it with an eight iron, golf's gonna be really easy. And you don't have all these thoughts going on upstairs. But that applies to good players and your recreational players, right? And so the guy that's shooting 100, if he can, from 50 yards to 100 yards, hit it up near the green and make a four from 100 yards every time and improve on that as he develops in his game, he'll be great. Yeah. I think if you're one of those people starting or getting back into the game or whatever, I think if you could go see somebody and really learn how to get your grip on the club correctly so that the club face gets square, we'll talk about that tomorrow, but you get your grip on there well, on good, sorry, and uh, and you can learn to get postured and balanced correctly, and get the ball in the right spot. You're ahead of most people, yeah. right? And I think everybody jumps in and looks at all this crazy stuff going on the golf swing. I think that everybody overlooks the basic fundamentals. Yeah. And I taught a lesson to a kid who was pretty good the other day. His dad drove three and a half hours to bring this kid to me. Been working, been paying a good bit of money every day to this guy, kid, I mean, trying hard, but he was not very good, right? And I mean, this kid's club grip was so bad, club face was so open. And I was like, what What have y'all been working on for a year and a half, right? And it's, you know, and so for, he had me for two hours. Two hours I put his grip on there, right? I mean, because that's what needed to be done. And so I think, you know, the easiest jobs we always have are when somebody comes to us and they're struggling a little and they're trying to get better, but they already have a good grip and they already have pretty good posture and they already have a pretty good club face. Well, then we can kind of jump in and do what we are good at doing. But until you have that, I don't think any of it matters. Mo, what about you? Yeah, I would, I would agree. I mean, I would start from the setup before even, mm-hmm. you know, move the club. I think that starts everything. So I, I think that's what I see. I work with a, I have a handful of you those have a guys. Lot of, you have yeah. more of those than I do for sure. Yeah. I do. And, you know, it just even in the recent months, I mean, I've had guys that have broke 100 for the first time, 90 for the first time, 80 for the first time. And one of those examples, I used this the other day. One of my guys has two young kids at home, doesn't get to go practice a lot. And he was like, what can I do? How can I get better? You know, very good athlete, played, I think, played football maybe in college. So he's a great athlete, but just wanted to get better at golf, never broke 80 before and was coming to lessons, you know, once every couple weeks and had one day out of the month he could really go, like, hit balls. And so I gave him a a simple drill to do in the mirror, to just get in the mirror at night and do a drill, and that's what he did. And he texted me three weeks ago and shot 78. Mm. And so that was pretty cool. I thought that was really neat. He's just been working in a mirror That's awesome. Good work. One of the comments you guys all kind of made to me was the drills don't always involve hitting the ball. Right. 
sometimes not even on the golf ball, right? And so, I mean, I think that's and I a think, good point. Right, and I think that's one reason he was able to make that change because he was able to feel what his body was doing right. and then see it, <laughs> and see it Say in the again. mirror. She's from Tennessee. <laughs> Say it again. Feel. feel. Okay. Yeah. Jackson always makes fun of me. Well, and you, but to your point, so I'll tell, you know, this is where we come up with this goofy stuff, but my, my old mentor, he had, he, he decided to test that out. He had two brothers. It's a good story, I think. But uh, he had two brothers. They owned a car dealership in Birmingham. And the one guy had kids, just like you were talking, had no time, and all he did was play on Saturdays. They both were the same handicap. They were like around 10, 10 to 11. Pretty good players, obviously. And the other one... Didn't have kids, wasn't married, had tons of time, and he pra- could practice or play four or five times a week. And so they decided for a year they were both going to try to see who could get better. And so the one that had the kid, was kids, and could, could only play, all he did was play one day a week. Hank gave him stuff to do in a mirror and exercises without a ball. And, that, and he did them four or five nights a week. And then all he did when he played on Saturday, he just went and played. He didn't hit ball. I mean, he hit a few balls to warm up, but he played golf. Never went and hit balls. The other guy went to the range four or five days a week, played a couple days, all of that, no responsibilities. At the end of the year, the guy who only played one day a week had the kids, had lowered his handicap three shots more than the other guy. Pretty, and, I mean, Hank did it as an experiment. Didn't even tell him he was doing it, right, because he's a dick. But, but, uh, but like, you know, I mean, he was. But, but like, that's, like, he, he was creative that way, and I learned that from him. Like, you know, like, you got to find your way to help people get better. It's the Tucker Carlson guy, right? Like, you got to find your way. So not everybody here is going to be able to hit 500 balls. You're not, you don't have the time. You physically can't, nor the I mean, you're not going to go do it. But our job is to make you better. Our job's to help you play better. So we got to find a way. So we gave you three exercises, and you can hit, you're not allowed to hit more than five balls in a row at a time. And then you got to do your exercises, and then you can hit five balls. And you'll do that a few times, right? So can I ask this question about one, how hard is really golf? And two, um, you know, you mentioned about being athletic, how important it is to be athletic to play golf. Golf's hard. <laughs> real hard. It's a real. It's it's a simple game. I mean, you know, the ball is just sits there. It's, it's a simple game. Simple game. We're only trying to do about three, four things. It's just real hard to do, right? <laughs> so I think it's really hard. I think the longer I'm in it, and the longer I watch people that are really talented, that spend a lot of time trying to be really good at it, but struggle and don't get there, the harder I realize it is. I think when I got into this twenty something years ago, I don't know that I thought it was as hard as it is now. And I can tell you this, teaching it's hard. Hard way to make a living. I should have stayed in business or something. Should have sold. I got a college teammate that sells library books. And I said, what's the worst part of your job? He said, having to tell people that I sell library books. <laughs> That's what he said. <laughs> I mean, he's like, he's like, it's the best job in the world. I go meet with librarians and school teachers. And I mean, he's like, and they pay me well. And he's like, I got the summers off, but I've got to tell people I sell library books. So it's like, yeah, but anyways, I should have done that. So answer the fitness part of it. You didn't want to handle that? No. Well, I could. I could. No, from the um, athletic standpoint, I think over, you know, the years of training and helping different individuals get better and juniors as well, I think it comes down to having someone move 
from a more functional standpoint. You know, necessarily, it doesn't have to do with, you know, who's the strongest or whatnot. We were having that discussion mm-hmm. today in the car about, you know, people see all these different workouts online and, you know, lift all this weight. But your body has to move from a functional standpoint sure. as far as mobility. And if you have a limitation, you know, my job would be to find that limitation, you know, and yeah. figure out why maybe somebody can't do something in their golf swing that Tony's trying to get them to do or I'm trying to get them to do and help fix that and give them drills to do that, help their body move better. So before we go to the next question, I'm going to say one thing about Morgan. Cause so one of the reasons that I like her and one of the things that's different is so her and Colby, who you'll hear us talk a bunch about, he trains Justin Thomas and DJ, or he, with people that train DJ, and Harold Varner, Lucas Glover, all these guys that went on tour, Jessica Corda, and I mean, he's probably one of the best trainers in the world, right? I mean, he's one of my best friends. I was with him the la- two of the last three weekends. When I started with him, we were both working with Smiley Kaufman. Most everybody's probably heard of Smiley, played in the last group of Masters. Smiley was one of my first tour players, and, and um, we had a great run together. He also fired me five times, but, uh, <laughs> but Smiley and I had a great run, and he's an awesome, awesome kid. But he, So Colby came. He was working out with Colby. Colby was just this redneck and coon-ass in Louisiana, right? He's got a worse accent than me, 100%. And uh, Colby came, and his first trainer ever that came to the lesson – and he would watch what I was telling Smiley, and then he'd lay Smiley on the ground or do something, and he'd, they'd have bands, and they're popping hips, and they're doing all this stuff. And I'm like, what the hell's going on? And then he'd jump up and Smiley do it, and he could do it better, whatever we were at working on. And I was like, well, that's different, because we would always, like, send somebody to a TPI or a local fitness guy, and they, it just always seemed like it was the same stuff they gave you, Right. So Colby was the first person that ever, when you'd send a golfer to him or he came to the lesson, it was exactly what the player needed to get better at their golf swing. Now, granted, a lot of it was basic stuff that would help you in life and fitness. So then Morgan comes along, and Morgan and I, we do some stuff with Colby. Then Morgan and I, she starts working, and she starts doing exactly the same thing. She'd walk in my bay when we were at the Country Club of Mobile, and she'd watch somebody with me, and I'd say, hey, you know, and she'd pop them down and do some <laughs> stuff with their leg and a band and all this, and they'd get better. And so that's what I think is different. I think that, like, so fitness, when we talk about fitness, it's not the same as, like, what I need to do, go to the gym, right? It's very specific towards, like, you said the word functional. It's about being, we're trying to make your body more functional for what it needs to do in the golf swing. Did you have a comment? Yeah, I wanted to, okay. I wanted to touch on the golf is hard thing, because I think, it's as hard as we make it, and sometimes I feel like maybe I'm touching on people that don't get to play as much. It's interesting to me when you're in conversation with someone in a lesson, especially early on in a lesson, and you're just observing and listening to what they're saying after shots, and you hear a bunch of stuff. And they make one swing, and they give you an answer for why they hit a bad shot. And then they hit another bad shot and they give you a different answer. And then they hit a third shot and all of a sudden you have this third reason behind why they hit a, another bad golf shot. And really that's not the case. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Like I, I truly think sometimes we're uneducators. Like you have to just wash a lot of that away. And yeah, sure, golf is hard. And if you're a 30 handicap and you don't hit it solid all the time, golf is really hard. But if we can teach you how to hit it solid and get rid of the dumb thoughts that get passed on in golf instruction, like we talked about this morning, 
and a radio show about like keeping your head still and keeping your left arm straight and all this nonsense and you just let that stuff go away and back to kind of the mastery of one skill and getting really good at one thing golf becomes really easy he said it so ladies the ladies that said they thought we had our work cut out for you at the back it's on him yep austin you had one other question um just wanted to touch on i mean every every teacher that i've come across has had a philosophy um you know whether that's a three paragraph philosophy a two cents philosophy obviously working as three coaches at the same time is, is a challenge in itself what what type of philosophy do you guys share obviously fitness has been a theme of that, that answer but in terms of actual i guess i wouldn't i wouldn't want to call it swing because you can't really have a swing philosophy i mean i know it's it's like for me it's a lot like you're, you're teaching you're not really even teaching golf right you're teaching the people to get good at golf, yes. or, you know be yeah have the idea of what golf is so i guess what what do you guys kind of share when it comes to philosophy that was good that's a very great question yeah. i think one we teach people i think that's our job right we teach our this was on our this week's podcast if anybody wants to listen and be the fourth download <laughs> You know, I think we teach people to play golf. So our job is to teach each one of you to play golf, and everybody's different. But I personally believe that golf's a rotational sport. It's like throwing a ball and throwing a football, a baseball. It's like hitting a softball, JJ, or, or whatever, right? <laughs> so I, mean, I saw the video of her hitting the softball. So, uh, and I think, you know, I think the better we can get you at doing that, the better it is. And so, but I, I, I think that everybody's different, but I think it's, but I think we overcomplicate it. And I think if we can get your grip on there, get you balanced, Morgan's going to do a lot with balance. I've got a feeling. And, uh, if we can get you, get the grip on there, get you balanced and set up, get the ball in the right spot. And we can teach you to turn back as pivot back, turn to your right side. If you're right-handed golfer or trail side, as good as you can and turn through as good as you can. And we can get the low point in the right spot or where the club intersects with the ground to be in front of the ball. However we got to do that for each one of you, we're going to make you better. And I don't think it's any more complicated than that. And I, I, I've been fortunate, like I said, I've taught at all the majors and all that stuff. And like when I've started with, when I started with Lucas Glover, the first thing I did was I aimed him. I mean, he didn't even know how to aim, right? I mean, like his aim was terrible, right? And Smiley Kaufman, I drank three beers during the first lesson with him, sat there on a basket, watched him hit balls. And, I mean, I just put a glove under his left arm so that his arm wouldn't run away. Like, it doesn't have to be complicated to be correct, right? But there's fundamentals we got to do. And, and our goal is all – I can tell you one thing. Like, not every one of you may play in the last group of the Masters after this. And if you don't, I'd ask you for your money back from Rick. That's to be perfectly honest. <laughs> but uh, I would do that after Monday. After Monday. After Monday. <laughs> and, uh, uh, but, you know, I can promise you every one of all three of us are going to all be on the same page and be really trying to help you understand the couple things you need to get better. And I'll turn it over after this. But, like, you sh none of you should have more than three things that you leave that you're working on. You should be able to write it on an index card. You might not get better, but we'll have fun doing it. <laughs> <laughs> it's my new, it's my new business model. You may not get better, but we'll have fun doing it. Great. Thanks, Jackson. <laughs> no wonder I'm broke. Any Good question, though. That was awesome. That was awesome. So I don't really think we, we do have a philosophy, but, like, 
And there's folks that are stacking tilters and different things. And, you know, we had Scott Lynn here last time. He was awesome. Like, I always involve, like, I involve science people. My motto is always to involve people that are good at the things I'm not very good at. And Scott's one of the top biomechanic experts and science people in the game of golf. And we've been fortunate to have him on our team for a number of years. And, like, he's a valuable part of the team. Like, we want to have all our brains working towards it. Yeah, I think the more brains we have working to help your game, the better we are. Anything else? How has technology changed what you guys do, not only from when you're actually doing lessons, but after the lesson? Uh, I know in JJ's case, you know, being able to send videos and reach out, whether it be FaceTime or video or whatever, uh, has been critical uh, to her development. But I didn't know as far as, I mean, I'm sure when you started. (laughs) Because I'm old. I mean, they barely have teeth, they're using sand, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> now you have yeah. track man, you have all these different things. I mean, how does that change what you do? So I would be one of the ones that would tell you that it hasn't necessarily really changed what I teach because I was so fortunate to come from people that I think really had some stuff figured out. So I don't think the basis of what I teach has changed that much. Maybe the understanding of it and how to measure it and some words, but I still speak in Alabama is what they say. Like I, you know, and so, but to like JJ as an example. So like when I was in college golf, hopefully maybe next year we'll bring my buddy Mark Wood up here. Woody, Woody, oh. they'd love Woody. Oh my, he'd wear his sweater tied around his <laughs> neck. He would, and he'd be all like, he'd wear all pastels. And, uh, um, and, uh, but He's a legend. He was one of the, he's one of the great teachers in the game. But, you know, when I worked with him in high school and then going into college, like when I went off to St. Mary's in San Antonio, like I, I mean, when I left, I mean, or left the lesson, I mean, I didn't see him until I saw him, right? Like, and then I was kind of on my own to figure it out. But I didn't have a way to send a video to somebody. So I think that technology has made our job easier to be able to coach people, especially young people like JJ that really want to get good because you have the opportunity to continually monitor them without living there. And so I think the benefit for the golfer is it gives the golfer access to far better instruction and to be able to stay consistent with that than they ever used to be able to. People used to go spend a lot of money to go to big golf schools with great teachers once a year and then they'd leave and they'd never see them again and they wouldn't get much better. Well, now you can go work with a really good instructor, somebody that's good at their craft, and you can stay in touch and do stuff online or however, whatever you want, and still be able to get better. That was great. I mean, along technology that, makes it easier. Vein, I'm going to speak for you, but that's something that you're going to offer everyone here too. Right? Yeah. Because if you guys, after this is over, if you want to send Tony videos, yeah, you're going to get an email. Be more than happy. You'll get an email wrap up with us. It's going to take you basically through all the a lot of the stuff you'll hear, and you'll have a whole slew of exercises attached to it that Morgan's going to take you through and you'll have notes, right? And then you'll have ways to keep in touch with us. We're very, look, I mean, I travel 28, 30 weeks a year. So I'm always on my phone. So like people text me videos, send me stuff all the time where I think we're always available for you. I mean, our, that's what our job is. You know, I mean, it's nothing more than that. We're just trying to do our job. Everyone here now becomes part of the Deuce people family. That's right. The fam. So, any more questions? This was awesome.
So I guess the follow-up on the technology okay. that was asked was the technology on clubs and balls and all that that has happened. Is that, is that really makes... I mean, if you still don't have the right posture or grip, does it really matter? Well, I think... If How you, good is your club? I think, the, I think technology from the club perspective is if you if you take advantage of the instruction that's out there and you get good fundamentals, the game can be easier from the aspect you can hit it further. I mean, like, you can hit the ball. I hit the ball further now at 51 and fat with horrible hip mobility, right? We'd agree with that, than I did in college. And I was a pretty good little college player, right? Like, I hit it further or as far. I mean, so... You know, I mean, you, people can debate the distance deal. And I tell young people playing the game, and I, I, told, I told J.J., I told your dad tonight or this afternoon, like there's two things that give J.J. a chance that one, I was interested when she came. One, she had a ton of speed. You can't – there's certain parts of speed that a kid has or a player has that you can't teach, right? Like, I mean, Justin Thomas had speed. His dad's a club pro, done a great job with him. And he's one of the best players in the world and drank some whiskey with him the other night. He's an unbelievable player, right? But, like, he just is blessed with speed, right? J.J.'s blessed with speed. Like, can't teach that. So the game's going that way because we all know how to learn to teach people to create it. And the other part was she's got that little bit of an attitude and she's a little bit mouthy <laughs> and a little cocky. And that's what makes, that's what makes tour players. First team all do sweeper. First team all do sweeper. So I think if you have if you take advantage of some of the stuff that's out there, I think the technology from the thing should make it easier. But it's interesting. You look at how much easier the and I don't know the exact statistics, but you look at how much further we're able to hit the ball and all this stuff. I mean, Austin, you probably know more than this because from the club press side, but like the the average handicap of the average golfer still isn't really much lower, right? So that tells me we got to do better. The teachers, right? I mean, people aren't getting better. I think that pertains kind of that first question I asked him. Um, what basic skill would you give a golfer? Right? And kind of along, along those lines of what you guys answered was, I mean, my answer to that would be you have to get someone to give you the basics. If you're going to go play every weekend, you're going to drop $100 and go play around the golf, you might as well drop $100 for at least one lesson to get the basics with a good teacher. And I mean, I think there's three levels of teachers um, kind of. I tuned in your podcast last week. So. Oh, geez. Oh, I'll, 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 it's five. We're up to five. Yeah, it's five. It's growing. But you, you mentioned there's, you know, you kind of get a teacher who teaches what mm-hmm. they know. Your intermediate who's learned to teach the system. The system, or, you know, what what is golf. And then your experts have kind of the idea of the full full fundamentals of everything combined. But, you know, that, that level of teaching, that maybe isn't for everyone until you get to that level of you know, understanding golf a little bit more. But, you can go get a halfway decent lesson and and for you know hundred bucks for your round of golf and learn so much about kind of building the basics. And that's kind of one of my philosophies is the swing is a is a building if you will. If you don't have a good foundation, you can build as high as you Agreed. want, you can swing as far as you want, you can no question. as far as you want, but it's not gonna change you and you're still gonna topple at the end. So working from that short game up. You're way better to go take a hundred dollar lesson than you are a forty dollar lesson. Right? Right?
Mm-hmm. Or your, your buddy in your group saying, oh, you try this. Yeah, 100%. And don't take lessons from your husband. I was going to say that. It's the worst, worst thing in the world for your marriage and your golf game. Don't listen to your husbands. On golf. On golf, I can't speak for anyone. Where's Jimmy when you need He's outside. He's right now. That's awesome. I know he's drinking scotch, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. You all have been awesome. Rick, I want to thank you for, one, taking the chance first time to come to Frederica. And uh, second, for this is our second visit of hopefully a bunch more. I think you all have a special place. And I think we got an opportunity here to bring some great instruction here regularly and do some fun stuff for y'all. and Drink some good wine. And drink some good wine, which is more than, that's really what I need. I hear you got some screw top wine for the house, though. Screw top. I mean, JJ, JJ bought it. I mean, you know. <laughs> awesome stuff. Rick, thanks again for having us. And uh, we look, look forward to the weekend. Look forward to helping everybody. We look mainly. We look forward to being back. And Morgan Jackson, thanks for hanging out with me and being part of what we do for a long time. And we're going to have some fun. Yeah.